I could sleep with a man, but I lay with the souls of black folks. Maybe I could grow me something, some azure flower that would smell like life to me. A root of some healing spice might push up from my soils if I dreamed with the souls of black folks. What is invisible is not a man, but the spirits of some who were. Bigger is not a black boy yearning for an airplane, but the gaze of our children who don't know why they can't get no satisfaction. Oh, I could sleep with a man. I could probably even sing with a man. But I'll rise with the souls of black folks. Where could the A-train take me if I don't know where I'm supposed to go? Ellington is not a street. And my child knows her world is as rich as a people in sorrow can spare, as brash as our bodies in the black forest, but it has not always been this way. I swear. We were not always missing. John Purcell, John Paul Borelli. I'm sitting here with Intozaki Shange, whose uh, first work I was familiar with was for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. And um, I, I saw that, I saw it in the, the kind of Broadway version in San Francisco, but I had seen some of the plays written because I lived in uh, Berkeley, Oakland at the time, mm. and I'd seen some of the poems mm. um, done when they were in mm. evolutionary mm -hmm. stages and have an original copy with drawings. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I enjoy, it's one of those books that I read over and over and oh, over again. Oh, the one from Shane Obsessing. Yes. Mm. And so, uh, and then I've seen many of your works since then, uh, Spell Number 7, which I might want to ask you a little bit about, but okay. I, I want to save that for another time. But the reason you're here today is that you have a third novel, Lilia, mm -hmm. and, uh, which is quite wonderful. It has okay. a um, Romare Bearden print as part of its cover. And then a picture of you mm -hmm. on the back. People say, is that you? I said, that's mm -hmm. her. Because <laughs> I think I've seen you in this, in, in that's performing the in this. That's the bustier, yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a very uh, interesting and, and fascinating novel. And I also noticed that a lot of paperwork came with it. Now, often I don't look at the paperwork from the publisher because it doesn't seem to be relevant. But much of this you've written. And it's very interesting in terms of grounding the novel. I read it after I, I read the work. So um, uh, it's obvious that you want people to understand the, not only the novel, but the context of the novel. And you say it has you know, much to do with your life and also a middle, upper middle class black experience. Why don't you just introduce by talking a little bit about where the novel came from and, and mm -hmm. what you talk about here, like being in Texas and driving through and having re revelations about you know. Oh, I well, I love living in Texas, and I and I try. I'm trying to arrange to be there at least three months a year for the rest of my life, <laughs> until I retire, when I'll be there all the time. Uh -huh. uh, Texas is like uh, another world. It, it's a part of the United States that's almost as sacred as New Mexico. Wow. It's just an amazing clearing kind of place. And uh, when I was driving through West Texas, uh, where I had a lot of relatives who went after emancipation, um, I was driving to San Antonio, uh, and then to Lubbock. And I was going through um, what we call the hill country. And uh, it's very red, red dirt. And the, the um, cactus and the uh, acacia and the wildflowers, all of a sudden, 
left America and it became Africa for me. It just became mm -hmm. another continent. And I realized that no matter where I was, uh, my African experiences, my Caribbean experiences can transcend my immediate space. Mm -hmm. And I can have access to that. And I said, well, if I can have access to it, then my readers can. And I can give us that. Mm -hmm. And which in a way is giving us another kind of freedom because I think it's very important to be able to leave uh, one's state of oppression at any time one needs to. Um, I mean, not to be unaware of it, but to not experience it so intimately. And I think literature can do that sometimes. Mm. And um, uh, so when I was driving through the hills, I saw, um, uh, <laughs> I saw a hillside that reminded me of a place I had been on a very lovely encounter um, in Morocco mm. with a very lovely person. And I said, wow, it's a great place for a black romance. Let's do that. So I wrote it on the way to San Antonio. And when I got to San Antonio, uh, I read it. And that was the first first uh, chapter of Lily. And um, I think it might be the second chapter in the novel. But it, it, it's still very fundamental to it. Yeah. Hmm. That's, a, that's fascinating. I, I went to Tanzania and almost had the reversed experience. I was going across the plains and said, this must be what the United States looked like before they had erected certain things. Oh. So it was really, and it f was freeing in, in what sounds like a similar mm -hmm. kind of way. That, that's interesting. Um, the, the, the novel is written in, in I, I was fascinated by it, so I just sort of wrote down the uh, Room in the Dark One, mm -hmm. and then Fawns of the Diaspora, mm -hmm. Court Lillian in mm -hmm. Paris, and then Room in the Dark Two, right. and, it, and it's moving through that. Uh, and one chapter, in the beginning it doesn't state that you're there with a psychiatrist animus, mm -hmm. but then it become it, that's what it feels like, and well, it also feels like a dialogue with the mm -hmm. self. Then, in about um, midway, or maybe a third in, it's it said this is the psychiatrist, and then there are alternating chapters that are moving through your life and making sense. No, of not it. my life, Lily's life. Lily's life. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> mean to be so in the novel. Yeah, no, it's obviously not your life, but <laughs> you know, it draws on things. But it's moving through Lily's life. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm sitting here talking to Lily. No, okay, but uh, <laughs> and not meaning that that you are Lily, but that you created her. Yeah, but, yeah I um, made her up. You made her yeah. up, right? So your character, mm -hmm. uh, it goes in in her moving through her life mm -hmm. and past and present and, and what she's going through and you just keep kind of going back and forth, back and forth, which is, is structurally really, really interesting. Just talk about, could you talk a little bit about setting it up and what the juxtaposition mm. is? Okay, well, I think there are three things I, was, I consciously knew I wanted to do. Uh, one was I really wanted access to the unconscious of a black person. Because uh, in Western civilization, we function as the unconscious and we have never been given access to our own. And I just thought it was very important that I do that, uh, especially after um, uh, Toni Morrison wrote in Playing in the Dark that the only true history of the world is the narrative of the unconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, and I respect and believe that desperately. Uh, so that was one thing. The second thing is I don't believe that any of us really owns our life, and we really exist in the experiences other people have of us. And that's why Lily only has two real narrative chapters of her own. Mm -hmm. All the other narrative chapters come from people who experienced her the way they had to because they're different from her. And that, to me, is more of a reality than anything she could actually tell us, uh, which is why I limited her voice to her, her analyst's reality. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third thing was that I realized last night, it, I, which I really didn't know, um, I went to see the Mingus Big Band. 
And I had a, a really intense need to do, to do that last night. And I couldn't explain it. I've, they've been playing it for years, and I never had this. I was driven to get there. And I didn't get there till about midnight. And um, every song they played, I knew, because I was raised listening to Charles Mingus music. And I realized as I listened to the arrangements that that's actually how I write. I write with all this um, uh, uh, contrapuntal stuff going on and these harmonies going on at the same time. So there's a density to my work that also exists in Mingus's work. And I didn't really hear it until last night because mm -hmm. I had just read from the novel. And when I got to hear the music, I said, my God, that's just what I was just doing. That's why it looks that way. That's why it sounds that way. Um, and that's why these people talk the way they talk. And that's why they have all this lyricism and all this rhythm and all this uh, irony about them. There's great irony in Mingus music. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I finally heard it. Sometimes I think people think uh, that artists know what they're doing. We don't always know what we're doing. We know how to do something, but we don't know what we're doing. Right. And, uh, and, I, and I, it was a great revelation to me last night. It was very pleasing. It made me feel very good. Uh, the novel is, um, it, it's interesting, you said dense, um, and I feel that. And oh, I, it is. Right. <laughs> and, and I feel it, it's a good word. I've been told, I've, I've, I've been told that about work I've written is dense because you have to reread it. And I, I, when I started reading this, it was like, uh, I often read things, I read everything, but I can read stuff quickly. And this, I, I was glad I started in enough time because I'd read a couple and sit. Mm -hmm. and, and it was very much like music, listening to it and sit. And even if I read it, I might want to go back because maybe something was beautiful or maybe I wanted to think about what was said. And then the phrasing, that the, the um, uh, it's interesting because like in some of your poetry, you, you've always experimented with punctuation, mm -hmm. letters, and sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's punctuated, your book is punctuated very carefully, and so I'd read it precisely for the, the punctuation, because if I read it differently, it was a different nuance on it, and that was really, really exciting to, to go back and do that. And, uh, but it does, it's like, one, it's an experience. It's, it's something to, to, to want to, to read uh, again, in terms of what you're creating. It's also very referenced mm -hmm. um, in terms of language. It's thereabouts maybe six languages going on. Five. five only five? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in terms of the languages, it's what you actually do. It, it's a multilingual book. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's uh, Spanish that's integrated in. There's occasionally French, and there might be other things. Portuguese, Papiamento, okay. some Creoles. Okay. And that, that's just in terms of language. But then there's also the music language that's present. There's the visual language that's created by Lily's artwork. And... Um, there's a body language that, that mm -hmm. seems to be constant throughout. Talk about the creation of that and, and the, I don't know if I call it the management or the harmonizing or the whatever of, mm -hmm. of that. <laughs> La negocio, the <laughs> management, the business of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think um, one of the things I wanted to make sure was that uh, any black hemispheric uh, from our hemisphere mm -hmm. who picked this stuff ever in whatever language it ever gets translated into, um, would know that I respected their presence enough to not be uh, an English imperialist mm -hmm. about our presence. Uh, uh, we were sold, there was no country in the Western Hemisphere where we did not function as slaves at some point. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge that. And English speakers have a tendency to just disregard anybody else uh, as a foreigner. And I find that astonishing and, and um, 
really repugnant, and I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I had to make sure that in this novel, at least, since I do have a woman who can travel, that Lily lets us have and lets anybody else that we run into who might be related to us, because we don't know where they sold our relatives. Mm. Uh, they might be in Uruguay. We don't know. That I know that they're there. I think it's very important. If we've been excluded from the so-called canon, we've been excluded from ourselves. That's what oppression does. It removes you from yourself. Uh, it makes us constantly think about the other. That if I write something, we're included here. This is your book. Uh, anybody, you, if you're black, you're a person of color, you can read, you're in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was, that's very important to me. And so that's why I did that that way. Um, you asked about something else, music. Uh, what do you want to know about it? <laughs> well, again, just integrating it in. What is, what is... Oh, okay, well, since we were forbidden literacy so many times, mm -hmm. and because we're not necessarily uh, totally cerebral people, and we have a very... Uh, good relationships with our bodies and with music and 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 sexuality. Um, it's very important to make sure that that my characters just don't walk around and talk. <laughs> <laughs> They're not white people, <laughs> so they have to have their their musical landscapes uh, fairly well uh, described and 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 have uh, terrains that they can negotiate that you can become familiar with as they do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I had to put merengues in and salsa in and rhythm and blues and. Um, Ellington and, and Mingus, and uh, so we would know where we were. The music, our music lets me know the mood you're in and almost literally where you are in your house. Mm. Um, and, and so that gives us a different way of locating ourselves. If we are the dispossessed, and in a way we are the dispossessed, um, I have to let you know that you are someplace, uh, someplace that uh, has some integrity. Mm -hmm. And our music and our and our uh, um, dance gives us that integrity. That's why we make fun of the way white people dance because mm -hmm. they can't permeate that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they try, but they can't. Uh, we just make it up again, like Ellington said. That we just make it up again. Mm -hmm. And 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 so I want to make sure that there's a, a fullness to our lives. We are not Europeans, um, and, it, and and our work should reflect that. Have you all been to Duke Ellington Street, Duke Ellington Boulevard? I'm glad you could find it. <laughs> I used to think he was a person, you know, a man who was a genius who made music that I danced to, that my mother danced to, that she taught me how to dance to, music that explained to me what mass could really be like. And this poem has a lot to do with how we become streets, we become plazas, we become statistics, we become uh, SROs, we are the homeless, we leave our bodies and become non-entities. But it hasn't always been this way. Ellington 
was not a street. Robes and no mere memory. Du Bois walked up my father's stairs and hummed some tune over me, sleeping in the company of men who changed the world. It wasn't always like this. Why, Ray Barreto used to be a sideman, and Dizzy Gillespie's hair was not always gray. I remember I was there. I listened in the company of men. Politics is necessary as collars, music even in our dreams. Our house was filled with all kinds of folks. Our windows were not cement or steel. Our doors opened like our daddy's arms held us safe and loved. Children growing in the company of men. Old southern ones and young slick ones. Sunny Till was not a boy, the clovers, no ragtag orphans, our crooners. We belong to a whole world. Nkrumah was no foreigner. Virgil Akins was not the only fighter. It has not always been this way. Ellington was not a street. That's interesting, because when you talked about going to hear the Mingus Big Band, the visual thing I had was I saw Mingus once when he was ill, but he was on stage and it was the bass and then him sort of over mm -hmm. the bass because mm -hmm. he was a big man mm -hmm. and it just was like so clear. Well, and I was amazed last night because his wife told me he came to see my work. I never knew that. Wow. And all I knew was I was indebted to him immensely. And I used to hum his songs, especially Dean's for Lester Young and the Father's Piece and uh, Better Get Hit In Your Soul. I used to sing it to myself to make myself feel better. And uh, so it was amazing to me when she told me that last night. Yeah. And his, his kind of uh, intellect, reading about his mm. thinking process mm -hmm. and how that, that affected when thinking, mm -hmm. hearing his music and hearing him mm -hmm. through that. And uh, that's another layer that's in the book. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the art that's in the book, mm -hmm. um, the character is, is, is drawing all the time. Talk a little bit about how that's integrated in, in, mm -hmm. in the roots. Oh, okay, well, I think one of the things I, I like about painting, uh, that I like about art in general, crafts in general, dance particularly, is the, the discipline it takes. In order to become whatever we become and be competent at it, you have to do it every day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I didn't know any black characters who did something every day, but cook or clean, you know, or go to school maybe. But there was nobody who was obsessed with uh, acquiring a skill. And I said, well, maybe this will help us if I have a character who every day goes and does this stuff and as crazy as it sounds about what she's doing, like, I'm only going to draw braids today. I'm only going to draw a mountain today. I'm going to make labia boxes today. What, however odd it might be, she respects it and goes forward with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I was hoping to, to give young um, people of color uh, the right uh, to their own thoughts mm -hmm. and to their own eccentricities. Um, how c it's very hard, I think, uh, if we, when we're functioning inside stereotypes, to give ourselves rights to idiosyncrasies. And I, I, just, um, I just can't stand any kind of uh, constraints. I don't like constraints. And um, I wanted to make sure that my readers know that they don't have to contend with it. You can just say, I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this this way. And here's a girl who does it. And I know she does it because I read it. And I can do it too because she's there. And, and that's what, you know, that's what they, that's what um, uh, they do with us with uh, all of their, their classics constantly. Mm -hmm. Hamlet did this, so you must think like this. 
the king of Denmark it doesn't even stink like that. Moliere said you could do that, so you can do that. Tartuffe is funny, so that's funny. Uh, we have a right to make up our own decisions about what's funny and what's important. Hmm. Now, in, in doing this, um, I know I, uh, um, I live with someone whose first language is Spanish, so part of it was like if I didn't know something and recognize it, I would cross-reference it. But what is this? What is that? And, and other times I would just, I mean, I would know and I, might, I would check since it was easy to do. And then I would look things up if I wanted to have a, 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 a pure sense of it. Um, many, if not most of the musical reference, I think we're in the same age group, were, were familiar to me. And, um, and, and they've also been used as a part of an aesthetic that I feel is growing. Um, what do you think for people, I was trying to read this, now what if I didn't know that, how would I feel about this? How, how, can, can a reader read this and not reference this, reference this or not approach it intelligently by looking the things up or checking them out? Oh, I was never able to read like that, so I don't know why anybody would want to. I, a lot of people do, considering the stuff that comes out. I mean, when I, the thing... I, I was not allowed to read and not find out a word I didn't know. No, right, okay. Or not find out about a place I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have any patience with that kind of thinking. Okay, okay. So the expectation is for people to do whatever they need to do to, to take this stuff That's and That's called and being alive. Well, okay. I, I accept that. I'm, I'm just checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it doesn't get any easier. Okay. And I'm, I, I just want to put in here, it's, it's well worth doing that. I, I find it exciting. I mean, it just is, is uh, to me, like listening to people in different languages. Well, we know so sounds. little about ourselves. Why should I give you an opportunity to know less? Right. Okay. You okay. Know, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, if I have an, I mean, that's how I learned about us, mm -hmm. is, is by reading other writers. If, I, if, if other people hadn't written books about us, if Margaret Walker hadn't written Langston Hughes and Arnold Bonpon and um, uh, 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 Richard Wright, Amy Cezier, Leon Damas, I wouldn't know nothing. Mm -hmm. So why would I give you less than people gave me? Okay. okay. That, that you mentioned um, other writers uh, brought up just another question for me. Um, there are less references to, to literature than many other things. Is mm -hmm. that conscious? Or Lily's not a writer. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's just not her world, right? No, she, she, she doesn't do that. <laughs> okay. She says, literally, she says, I see a lot. She does not say I read a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, let me ask you, do you draw? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I um, had to learn something about it so I could figure out how her body functions. Because painting is a very visceral activity. Mm -hmm. It's not cerebral. You have to physically do it. Yeah. And so I had to f do more uh, so I could give us a, some kind of reality about her world. Now, are you left-handed? No, I'm not left-handed. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm a dancer. I can use both my arms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just, just, just was asking about it. I went... Uh, <laughs> I uh, did an interview once with Lori Carlos, and she went on a whole physical thing. It was very oh, yeah, fascinating, yeah. so I, I didn't know what... Well, we're both very physical, so I understand why you would have that same conversation. <laughs> okay, yes. I, I hope you're picking up on the physical nuance of, uh, of the conversation. Um, in this, um, the Lily has a, a brief interaction with uh, Zoom. This, mm -hmm. this, this white, white um, <laughs> man. Yeah. And <laughs> He's funny. Yeah. And um, uh, Lily's mother, mm -hmm. uh, S. Bliss, goes off mm -hmm. um, 
and so there's a prominence of this 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 white character, this white male character, as interloper, mm-hmm. as uh, in some ways entrapping, mm-hmm. and um, and something's being played off, even though who S. Bliss is with is never even present, and Zoom is briefly present, uh, and but you know, and they're in the presence of a black aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about um, that well, presence? Isn't that how we live? I mean, aren't white people ever present, whether they're in our house or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to figure out a physical way to do that without making them my main characters. Okay. I didn't, I'm not going to write no whole book with them my main characters. Mm-hmm. But I had to let us know in some emotional way that there's always this possible, uh, some kind of, uh, what do you call that, marauding presence that might come. I had to always implicate that there, there something might happen at any time that they're not in control of. Mm-hmm. And this person, we know who this is. This is what the guys used to call the white man, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the white world. It's Harold Bloom. It's uh, John Bennett. It's uh, George Bush. It's the uh, it's uh, you know whoever you want to call it, uh, who's shaping our world in ways that we can't necessarily take uh, over ourselves. Mm-hmm. What does it mean that Lily is is taken in by him or taken by him briefly? Oh, power is very seductive. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that's the the relationship, and and with S. Bliss, I think uh, it was you know there there if if you look at the uh, black bourgeoisie and they I do mention E. Franklin Fraser, mm-hmm. uh, if we look at the uh, criticisms that were made of the black bourgeoisie in the fifties and sixties, it was their conservatism and their rigidity that was was uh, c- criticized. We we know um, from you know Sinclair Drake and Franklin Fraser and any number of other sociologists and political scientists that the black bourgeoisie sometimes has a tendency to be very conservative, especially uh, morally, mm-hmm. artistically, and and so oftentimes politically as well. And Lily's mother was simply someone who said, "I have a right to more than that," and and there is a class of uh, of uh, children of white socialists. Uh, people who were hippies, people who were beatniks, um, who were uh, had affinities for our culture, who liked black people. She found one of them and went off. <laughs> now this, um, her father, which is actually an example of probably the rigidity that you're talking about, mm-hmm. said that, you know, you do this, you're dead, and actually told his daughter she was dead, mm-hmm. and her daughter had to live with that as, as a reality until she starts to un cover it in this, this therapeutic situation. So, um, and also, so I- in this novel, there is, is a, as I see it, the relationship with with ever-present whites and in, in, in their impact, and also somehow her relationship to her father and mm-hmm. what he told her, and also um, something about her freeing herself in terms of being a woman. Well, yeah, if a man can tell you that you're dead and just disappear you, mm-hmm. um, what kind of control is that? How are you supposed to live with that? Uh, in, in order to be a, a functioning feminist, a liberated woman, you have to take that power back. Mm-hmm. So she had to confront him, and she had to find her mother, and then she had to tell them both, well, I don't care what you did, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Her father, in preparing her, it was interesting, um, right before, as I recall it, the revelation about her mother not being dead, there's a scene where her father comes, she's in a, a, a 
in the mid of, midst of puberty and right, having this passion yeah. and all the boys are putting their clothes right, on straight. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's, I mean, it's a, that's a wonderfully visual scene. But as he's taking her somewhere and sort of metaphorically telling her she better straighten up because mm-hmm. he's preparing her, I get a sense he's preparing her not to be these people that he mentions that are wonderful, but to be the wife of them. Mm-hmm. And it's it just like, wow. And then I thought about her mother, and then right after that, I, I mean, it, it really said it nicely for, yeah, I can imagine her mother had to get out. I was t- tired of entertaining. Oh, absolutely. How many auxiliary meetings are you going to go to? <laughs> okay. But it also is about, it's also, I wanted to, um, there are a lot of women that I don't think have been given uh, due time in terms of literature or even emotionally in our lives who... Uh, suffered a lot for choices they made that we didn't even know they made. Mm. I mean, who am I to say, or who are you to say, that Bliss didn't suffer forever for having had to leave her daughter? Right. And who, do, who are we to say that the women who stayed with their daughters and went in sanitariums year after year after year to keep their family intact didn't suffer inordinately? Right. So I was trying also to, to offer some empathy for the situation of any woman in a situation where she's not in control of her own life, where she cannot get things she needs to have. Mm. Okay. Uh, in doing this, in in this work, um, in certainly in, in uh, your your work for Colored Girls, the the I don't know explosion that exists in terms of thinking you're being anti-male or something is, is very present. Um, uh, although. If anyone reads your work, it's, that doesn't exist as far as, as I, I read it. Um, in fact, you've created some very interesting men in, in your book and, and supportive. Uh, it was interesting, the dream, because who takes care of Lily mm-hmm. is, are these this circle of men. Mm-hmm. And they kind of hark back to the men, even when her father was coming in his oppressive role. They didn't know how to dress her, but they knew they, they had to, had to do something. Get, right, right. <laughs> to get her so that's in, could you talk a little bit about just being in the position, one, of being mis- in, in, misunderstood, um, in, in, in some ways, it has to be on purpose because if it, the people read the work, then the misunderstanding seems like it couldn't exist. And and if what if any impact that has? Well, I think um, when I think that if we if you remember ever hearing a man tell you that doesn't hurt, or it wasn't like that, mm. or that didn't happen, when we invalidate mm. what a woman thinks, um, we are having a discussion with people who aren't listening to us anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't listen to that. Okay. I, I, I'm not involved in that. They're having that talk with somebody else. They're not talking to me. Uh, <laughs> and because I know that I can um, create a, a male characters who are really uh, sort of um, very seductive, very intelligent. And when they, get, when they get out of the control and start to oppress my characters, I put them in their place. Because I can do this, my book. <laughs> uh, you've created a very interesting character, and I, I think it's Victor Jesus Maria. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked him. Oh, I adore him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just really something. And uh, it's interesting because he's present with Lily when she goes through this this relationship with um, uh, Zoom, the great white boy lover, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and his after he 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 sort of goes through what what he needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, with her, and then he offers to like bathe her, which mm-hmm. is just what she wanted in a sense, because she sort of felt this 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 white guy all over her and and, and his presence. Um, t- could talk a little bit about him and his creation and, and being in him. Mm. Um, and, and also whether you think mm. he's real or potentially real. Oh, I'm sure he's out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know where he might be, but I know okay. he's out oh, there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I I thought that uh, a a black Puerto Rican male person uh, would be a lovely uh, a transition point for us to go to the rest of our people mm-hmm. in the rest of the hemisphere. So we would stop being so you know anglophone. It's very narrow here. It's very limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he opens up the world for Lily in a way that I thought was fundamental to her development, first of all. And secondly, it gave us a different male perspective on women, uh, on masculinity, on power, poder, uh, and on uh, requisites for living. Um, I, I, f- I found it really liberating to have him. Uh, I really didn't want another English-speaking lover in my book um, because it can get tedious. You know, it's tedious because there's, if we don't find out about the other black people who are on this planet with us, it's just not only boring, but it's um, it's sort of cowardly. And I, I didn't want to be associated with it or write about it or anything. Okay. Um, and so he, he offers that uh, global responsibility we have, uh, in addition to the fact that he's very funny and uh, opens up... Um, different kinds of sexual experiences because since he doesn't come from a primarily Protestant uh, environment, uh, there's a different sense of sensuality involved here. And uh, regardless of how sexual we might think we are as black people in America, we're very conservative sexually. And that can get boring too. Well, yeah, that seems it's getting uh, trapped by the stereotype, too. We're stereotyped as sexual and loose and all of that. Some people have... And then they don't have any sexual skill. Right. right. (laughs) I'm talking with Intozaki Shange. She has her third novel out, Lillianne. It's on St. Martin's Press. Also, and I want to mention um, that you have this... uh, You've done a poem, a wonderful poem, mm, to you. I Live in Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've done this to paintings by Romare Bearden. And it was really nice to find out. Um, apparently, they didn't know that you knew Romare Bearden when they, they asked didn't you. Know, yeah. That's just amazing. It's, uh, um, well, I, I'd just like to say the other thing is that um, when guys uh, or the patriarchy, whoever they are, these phantoms out there who like to attack me, uh, what they don't realize is I'm here because I was so very well taken care of by uh, magnificent um, black men of great class and great intelligence and great delicacy of spirit, mm-hmm. uh, like Richmond Barthay and C.L.R. James and Leon Damas and Nicolas Guillain, my father, Romare Bearden, um, how dare they uh, dispute what their fathers created? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, you, you talk about in the, in the, in the packages that dealing with uh, issues of class and it um, it's an interesting it's interesting because it's been dealt with in a, in a very sociological way in in the past and, and currently there's there's talk about the anger of you know black middle class and this and some of what I read is I, mean, I didn't find it very interesting but um, in in writing this there are the off- obvious benefits of having access I mean that you know a class, uh, money, in, in that sense of meaning class, can give you access to, to these people, artists, people from other countries, and expose you. It can also, like you say, give you that rigidity and narrow narrow you down and exclude you when you get caught in color. It, it, color can, make you, it can make, make you general say that. <laughs> yes, okay, exactly. Um, in, in the book, now, in, and you talk about what you want to do is to expose that. Um, in the book, you, you do expose some of those attitudes. Um, 
talk about the process of doing that, how you in fact start to know you have the attitudes to expose them, uh, when y just the process of being able to look at and, and take, not reject it all, but take, take what's very beneficial from that, but start to leave those attitudes that say these people don't belong on the block. Mm -hmm, okay. mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it has something to do with efficient thinking. Mm -hmm. If we look around and see, is this productive? Is this, does this make me feel better? Is this hurting somebody's feelings? Is somebody not living somewhere because I'm doing this? Uh, it's just efficient thinking, mm -hmm. I think. It's, I, and that's probably inadequate for other people, but that's how I approach it. Okay. Um, and I really believe in using what works. If mm -hmm. it doesn't work, get rid of it. Uh, if it does work, keep it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we cannot deny that um, poverty is limiting. There's just no way to get around it. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can't buy books. You can't get art supplies. You can't get a nice couch. You can't, get, can't go to camp. There are all kinds <laughs> of things you can't do. You know? Uh -huh. uh, and, and, um, and so the point, the, 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 what do you call it? The emphasis is to enable us. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in a capitalist place. In order to be enabled to do things, we've got to get some money. Okay. Now, when people earn the money, we can't get mad at them for having earned the money. Okay. We can get mad at them for how they then think of themselves. Okay. We can get mad at them for what they do with the money. Mm -hmm. We can get mad at them for isolating themselves from us. We can't get mad at people for earning a living. Right. And I, and I, and I hear it constantly. Mm -hmm. And yet we need black soap operas. We need, we're losing black radio stations right and left. We don't have a black pharmaceutical company. We don't have a black shoe company. And we're running around talking about, well, you know, those, they, they have so much. We don't have nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we talking about? Okay. Um, but in addressing, or not even but, and in addition to that, so there's what, what is had, and then there's the attitude that just creates it's a, a illusions. polarity. It's illusions. Mm it's -hmm. illusions. It's like in Texas, uh, in, in, in East Texas, there's this huge population of uh, Creoles who moved from Louisiana, and God knows when they came. But they came to Texas, right, and set themselves up as different from the rest of the black Texans, right? Mm -hmm. And they just, and what, they, what we call them in Texas, just poor French people. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you, you can't just follow and believe everybody's illusions about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, just because somebody tells you I'm better doesn't mean that's the truth. Okay. What makes, um, I think it's Bernadette, mm -hmm. who comes, you know, to, to uh, from a different class mm -hmm. and comes into this. And um, what, what, what makes it possible to see from on both sides, yes, we you know you need to have things so that you can have access, mm -hmm. but then you don't need to ha have those things become who you are. So then Bernadette becomes outside of you. What insight? Um, uh, what al allowed you to get to the insight to know that aspect of it? Oh, because I really was at a party with some place where a girl had a fit, just like Bernadette <laughs> was at the party. This child ran out of, the, of this room, just screaming. I thought something had happened to her, you know. Uh -huh. And she was really mad because this boy had given her a ring that wasn't real jewelry. I had to go ask my mother. I said, well, mommy, what's real jewelry? It was a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, it, you know, jewelry was jewelry. And that's, so I had my own, you know, I was working it through myself. I didn't know about this. I wasn't raised like that, you know, where you couldn't get gold plate stuff. I didn't know that. And, and so a lot of it's just... Um, circumstantial. It wasn't like some revelation I had. Right, you just sort of move through and keep perceiving the contradiction. Yeah, I just said, this is crazy. If boy went out of his way to get you something, you don't throw it on the ground because it ain't what you wanted. <laughs> he tried to get you something. <laughs> that was the issue. Okay. You know, and then that they had this, uh, that they, the other people understood and empathized with her about this. 
was dumbfounding to me. It still is to this day. I think it's just amazing. Hmm. <laughs> and very funny. It makes you understand why Sedros can't stay in Haiti no more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, it's those very same people. They're just in different places. Places, mm -hmm. yeah, all over. Uh, in spell number seven, which um, I saw years and years ago, um, uh, aside from the kind of set setting that stayed with me, there was a question, and I don't, I don't remember it precisely, but it, 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 what, what continues to resonate is that they never even said they were sorry, which, which seems, I mean, kind of mundane, mm -hmm. kind of trite, but it's also very important. I mean, even mm -hmm. in everyday relationships, mm -hmm. and and. On a larger level, if there had ever been a commitment to I'm really sorry, we wouldn't be where we are now, and mm -hmm. there wouldn't even have been a need for that play. Uh, and then um, after I read Beloved, sort of Toni Morrison's Beloved, mm -hmm. I got my, for me, that did something in mm -hmm. terms of, of completing. Uh, um, in reading this and in, in, in your process, did you ever get an answer to that, or did that resolve itself in some way, and is there, is there some relationship between this and that? I don't care anymore. Okay. I am uh, much more ferocious than I ever was. Mm -hmm. I'm much more calm about my ferocity. I'm not apologetic about my anger. I'm not apologetic about um, the very sheer squirrel way I th see things. Uh, I can't waste any more time on it. I have things to do. I have a daughter to raise. I have people to meet. <laughs> I have people to meet and things to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't afford to waste any more time thinking about that. I have to fix it now. Okay. What does fixing it mean for you? Fixing it means for me writing things like I just wrote. Okay. Where I put our where I put my people back together so that I come from something whole. Mm -hmm. And I'm not from some part of nothing. I am a descendant of the diaspora. I am not a black American. Okay. You know, I am I, I and I really know this because I was just in Toronto at an international literary festival and I read this big um poem that's not in Lily, but it, it was part of it in the manuscript, and it's an, like, it is in five languages, and um, it's so I could have all these thoughts going on in all the dialects we speak in the entire hemisphere. And if you translate it in English or French, it does make sense, but otherwise, you'd have to be from one of those places just to know that it's about you in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a man later on, um, an Israeli guy, who said to me, well, you know, but your diaspora isn't complete. I said, I beg your pardon? He said, well, you didn't have any Yiddish or Hebrew in it. I said, it's not about your diaspora. It's about my diaspora. Mm. And, and see, that to me was very revealing because they don't even want to accept the fact that we were separated. We are scattered. Mm. And I desperately emotionally need and intellectually need to put us back together. Mm. Mm. Um, the therapy process seems to be, in, in the novel, doing some of that. Uh, in, in that juxtaposition, what, what, is, was it, what is it that you're saying in terms of healing? I'm saying that take as much time as you want okay. to fix whatever you have to fix. And that we have to acknowledge how much damage uh, living here does to us. Mm -hmm. And if we keep walking around, you know, being bold and braggartly about ourselves, we're not going to get much done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you read us a short passage? Yeah, sure I will, sure I will. Okay. If you can figure out which one you want to hear. Uh, okay, well, why don't we there, just, mm -hmm. um, let's see. Let's go with, uh... You must tell me these things before you ask me. Uh, let's start with this, just do this one. Oh, I like this, this is neat. Okay. Okay. Okay, I know how far I can take that, too, okay. I think. Mm -hmm. 
end, like P. El Cone Rodriguez, smelling like warm cognac, pure and sweet sweat, que toca the sidewalk by Pacheco, I saw her, la gringa negra, and her body was singing to me. No, really, listen. Listen to her stroll avenue C. Canta, canta, canta mi cancion, querida, canta, canta, canta mi cancion. I admit, there's every possibility that Leon, I always call her mi luchadora, she had no image of me before I took her, captured her, however you want to say it in English. I'm in charge of Visiones del Sur, south of 6th Street, and anything between 1st Avenue and the East River, esta mi corazón, esta mi tierra. I'll fight for it, and I'll love it. Mira, I make it black and white, two-dimensional, con claridad. Once I get una cosa that no one else seems to be able to see, once I get la cosita in a photograph, there's no getting away. So I mumble with long legs, challenge telephone poles. Oh, canal, that's Chicano talk. I'm telling you, I ripped around la gringa negra like all of El Gran Campo on New Year's Eve in San Juan. She startled, stepped back. I took her picture. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun to hear the rhythm of you reading it, too. <laughs> lots of music in that, lots of dance in that. That's, that's who we are as a people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I want to just, because I have you here, talk about some of the, give people a sense of, of, of what you've done. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with your next set of years, but in the set of years that you've lived, we have um, for colored girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, uh, spell number seven, a photograph, lovers in motion, boogie woogie landscape, poetry, nappy edges, a daughter's geography, riding the moon in Texas, the love space demands, fiction, sassafras, cypress, and indigo, Betsy Brown, and now Lillianne. And, uh, and again, in addition, the book I mentioned that there's a, a poem. With yeah, I live in music. I live in music, right. That, which is Stuart Tabori and Chang, which ha- has done this book, which is very, very beautiful. Um, in fact, I was going to ask you to do another thing and read the poem in this book. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I, you're getting greedy. I'm pushing it, yeah, right? You're getting I'm very greedy. greedy. I'm pushing it. Yeah, you I, are, because I have two more things to do today, and you're not being fair. Okay. You're not going to do two You're not being fair. Okay. I, I, don't. I, I'll, <laughs> I, I won't. Can I read the poem? Yeah, you can read it. Okay, I'll read the poem. Why don't you read it? Because, see, then people understand that I don't own the... Uh, well, one of the things Victor Jesus says to Lily mm-hmm. is that we don't own the art. Yes. We just make it. Yes. So why don't you read it? Because I don't own that. Okay. I've given it away now. It's you all's. Okay. This is Intozaki's uh, gift to us. I live in music. I live in music. Is this where you live? I live here in music. I live on C-sharp street. My friend lives on B-flat avenue. Do you live here in music, sound? Falls round me like rain on other folks. Saxophones wet my face. Cold as winter in St. Louis. Hot like peppers I rub on my lips, thinking they was lilies. I got 15 trumpets where other women got hips and an upright bass for both sides of my heart. I walk round in a piano like somebody else be walking on the earth. I live in music, live in it, washing it. I could even smell it, wear sound on my fingers. Sound falls so full of music. You could make a river where your arm is and hold yourself, hold yourself in a music. And see, that gives me so much pleasure to hear you enjoy that. Why would I deny myself that? And why would I deny you? <laughs> What's my problem? <laughs> you know, your work, um, when I think about, there's one, I, th- I say her name Seishita, but I think it's mm. actually sh- say sh- say she. I don't know say she though. I, I, I love saying say she because mm-hmm. it, it adds to the rhythm, and I read that over and over again. Um, 
that is one of the most, I, I would think of it as sensual erotic when she comes out and all mm-hmm. that she's doing. I feel like I'm in the setting. I feel like I'm there. And every time I read it, it brings it right back to me. And I thought about creating a character that was an artist because of um, the pictures that went with that volume. I, I still remember the Pepsi bottle with the rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, some things are so um, so very present and, and you, you work and you create that. Now in, in terms of structure, let me just ask this one last question and then I, I know you have many things and have been working long. I know, he's, and he's standing mm-hmm. up, right. Um, you, you, you wrote this uh, in, in terms of word structure and, and uh, fairly conventionally. Um, was that, well, what was the choice in that? It was so hard. I couldn't make it more difficult. <laughs> it, I, I, I don't mean just for me. I mean for my readers. I had so much stuff I was trying to deal with. I didn't want us also to contend with new grammar. Okay. And, and I learned that from Ishmael Reed. He helped me understand that years and years ago. Because I originally wrote Sassafras with no punctuation. Wow. Because I didn't want anybody to put it down. So I figured if I don't put a period... <laughs> If you don't keep going, you'll, you'll, you'll lose your place and you'll have to start all over again. <laughs> and Ishmael told me, Zaki, if you want people to read this book, you have to let them sit down sometimes. <laughs> and I never forgot that. And, um, and I realized that Lily was so hard, even for me, to, to shape and to emotionally deal with because there's a lot of very crazy, what you didn't mention, which I found a little startling, is that regardless of the class of these people, whenever we're around, there's constant violence going on in their lives, mm-hmm. either emotional or physical. There's constant violence every minute. There's no chapter where something terrible doesn't happen to somebody. And um, that's how, well, how we live, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and since that was going on, I couldn't have us worrying about, well, what does this word mean, and this is this the right spelling? I, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I wanted us to deal with the emotional things I was talking about. Okay, okay. Ntozaki Shange, thank you very much. A novel, Lillian, St. Martin's Press. I recommend you read this book. Oh, well, thank you. For yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you. People talk to me, try to sell me cocaine, play me a tune. Somebody wanted to give me a massage, but I was thinking about you. So I was in my space. I'm so into it, I can't even take you. Though I ran there with you, though you appear to me by the riverbed, I can't take you. It's my space, a land loving you gives me. Shall I tell you how my country looks, my soil and rain? There's a point where the Amazon meets the Mississippi, a bodega squats on the Eiffel Tower point to a Mont Saint-Michel. I'm so into it, I can't even take you. It's my space, the land loving you gives me. There's a bistro there near the Pacific, and the pyramid of the moon is under my bed. I can see the ferry from Swansea Lake to Rio. Your eyes caress my shoulders. My space is a realm of monuments and water language and the ambiance of Senegalese cafes. I can't take you. Though you send me packing for anywhere I have never known, where we never not exist in my country, we are always, you know how you kiss me, just like that. Where the Nile flows into the Ganges, 
how the Arc de Triomphe is next to Penn Station, where Stevie Wonder sleeps in a D-sharp whole note, and Albert Eiler is not in the East River. In my space, we could sip Chablis from your mouth and grow roses in my womb. Where I live, where the Mississippi meets the Amazon, Neruda still tangles in Santiago at dawn. Where I live, Jean-Jacques Nicolene is continually re-elected. And the moon, the moon is sometimes scarlet. I can't take you, but I swear I'll tell you everything I can remember. When you touch me, you fill me up so much. I can't stay here. I have to go to my space, the land loving you gives me where the Nile flows into the Ganges, how the Arc Triomphe is next to Penn Station, where I could sip Chablis from your mouth and grow roses in my womb. Oh, it's my space, a land loving you gives me. A land loving you, all of you, gives me, just gives me. Intozaki Shange. I'm Carlotta Joy Walker. This has been Joy Journal. I want to thank Anthony Sloan, my interview engineer. And I want to thank Spider Blue Rider for engineering, mixing, and providing poetic excerpts in person and on tape. Thank you. Take care. Si tu es à l'est par son chef lieu de cercle, Nyefenke, à l'ouest par l'arrondissement de Liré, au nord et au sud par Atara et Sumbi, Dofana, J'ai dit un passage méconnu par bon nombre de forains à destination d'Atara et devenu aujourd'hui paradis terrestre. Paradis terrestre dont rêvent des milliers et des milliers d'êtres. De Fona, 20 km. Yeah.